Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. I need to stress a few things. One, I went to see the Haggerty race today. You'll hear that on this Wednesday. I'm sorry for not doing the Wheelin' Wednesday last Wednesday. I, I'm sorry, I just completely forgot. I, I, was, I was going through my, my computer's calendar just yesterday. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wasn't wasn't last Wednesday this, you know, every other Wednesday that I was supposed to do? And yeah, it turned out it was. So sorry about that. Good news, however, that means that the F1 race will be covered in the coming podcast. Sorry, this week. And because of the late hours for the next two races, Haggerty probably isn't going to be isn't going to be doing an event for those races. So I may or may not cover it. I don't know if I'm going to be up for that long. Or will remind, or if I'll even remember to do it at those hours, we'll we'll see. But if I sound a little tired, you know why. I've been up all day doing stuff. Well, going going to watch the race, getting up at four, blah blah blah. And yeah, and now I'm doing this. So forgive the sound of fatigue in my voice. That's why. And again, I apologize for no wheel and Wednesday last Wednesday. Just. Complete mistake by me. It'll come this week. Um, and Frankfurt is going on right now. It might have ended. I don't... Well, it may or may not have ended. But anyway, Frankfurt's going on. So there's a lot of news. A lot to cover. I don't want to I don't want to miss a single bit of it. I don't want you guys to miss a single bit of it. So if I don't get through it all in this podcast, there's going to be a part two. And or if I can be fast enough, this will be one of the longer podcasts that I've done. In recent times. Anyway, Rally Spec, Bentley Continental, is a bargain at $54,000, I think. And it was during an eBay auction. Also, someone converted a Bentley Continental into a rally car, and it's kind of cool. But I kind of wonder what kind of practical uses you'd have for a Bentley rally car. A race car, I can understand, but a rally car is a little bit trickier to justify in my mind. Porsche Mission E to start at about $85,000, which is... Very, very expensive, especially for a electric car, even though electric cars, we all know, is not cheap. Are not cheap. Volkswagen doesn't expect to sell EVs in high volumes until the next decade. Google may invest $1 billion in Lyft, which would be interesting, especially considering they've got Waymo going on. And even with that, SA is doing has joined up with someone else as well. So, Also, before I go on, it's been, or continue on, it's been really cold. Like, I'm in a poncho right now. I've got fingerless gloves on my hands. And, yeah, it was cold this morning. It was cold when I got back, and it's kind of cold in my room right now. Or, at the very least, I'm cold in my room right now. Yeah, um, also, if you hear any clicking, there's a reason for that. I had a... I'm using my laptop mouse right now. A little while ago, very nearly about a week ago, my regular mouse, my non-laptop mouse, like a proper, separate, independent mouse... Um, kind of exploded. Just, I was, I was laying in bed, scrolling through Netflix, trying to find something good, which is really hard to do, uh, as it turns out. I could, I couldn't find something I wanted to watch that I hadn't already seen, so that, that was the problem. So I was just mindlessly scrolling through Netflix, wishing they'd put something new on there that I'd actually watch. And then I just heard this loud pop. And if any of you have crushed a water bottle, and have heard a water bottle pop back into place. It was like that, but louder. And I knew it had to be something with my computer because I was, I was doing, 
I was trying to save some pages before I got off the computer. So I put my computer in sleep mode so that it would save it would save all my tabs. Well, my computer kept turning on and off, like waking up, and I couldn't understand why because it hadn't done that before. I suspect the vibrations of the of there might have been many pops I didn't hear in the mouse were making enough of a vibration to wake up the mouse and thus wake up the computer. So I shut the computer off and I, I guess I kept hearing these small little pops and then and then you know like the water bottle popping but louder and I knew it had to be something on my computer because it kept turning on and off. It wasn't the computer, it was the mouse. The mouse died. I mean it just blew up. I mean it, there wasn't smoke or anything like that but there was liquid and my battery is not it's not a wireless most it, it had a you know it had double a batteries in it so after seeing that stuff i was like ooh, that better, if that's battery acid then i'm not touching that so i have no idea whether or not it was battery acid i couldn't be bothered to touch it so yeah if you hear that that's because i have to resort to my computer mouse my laptop mouse because the other one blew up in not necessarily spectacular fashion but it still blew up one-off electric blue Ferrari F12 TDF is a million-dollar investment because investing in cars, whatever the mess that means. Jaguar XA interior gets style boost thanks to Carlex design. Volkswagen to triple T-Rock production before launch. Let's hope they get the demand right. Akrapovic unveils custom exhaust for Mercedes-AMG GT range. Tesla disables emer- automatic emergency braking in select models. Let's see why. That doesn't fully make sense to me. Ian Callum says Jaguar XE Sport Brake is not happening. That's not a shock. BMW M Boss is not interested in a new M1, and that doesn't fully surprise me, considering they've got their hands tied with the new 8 series that's coming out and other other cars that they're working on that we may not have. Well, actually, the BMW X7 or the X8, whatever they're going to call it. Range Rover and Range Rover Sport plug-in hybrids to debut later this year. Subaru has finally released the dash cam footage of their record-setting Nürburgring run with the, that Subaru STI race car. That's not a production car. That's at the four-door record around the ring. Renault Nissan Mitsubishi Alliance to launch 12 new EVs and a robo-taxi service. I, I have to say, it seems like Nissan, and I guess to a lesser extent, Renault, haven't really given much love to uh, to Mitsubishi as of yet. Not that I've seen. Tesla had to say has disabled the automatic emergency braking AEB system on a number of recently manufactured vehicles. Earlier this week, a company spokeswoman said the systems were turned off as Tesla analyzes real-world data to make sure the safety system functions correctly. Consumer Reports states that the vehicles affected are any Model 3, Model X, and Model S vehicles built, built, built since production of the Model 3 commenced in late July. The car maker says it made some tweaks to the hardware of vehicles from late July and that the disabling of the AEB system is simply a precaution to ensure it works as intended with the new with the new hardware. In a statement, a Tesla spokeswoman said, We recently introduced some minor hardware changes to the autopilot system in new cars. And we are now in the process of robustly validating the new hardware using real-world driving data. During that process, automatic emergency braking will be temporarily inactive and will instead be in shadow mode, which means it will register how the feature would perform if it were activated, without taking any action at all. This temporary calibration period is standard Tesla protocol and is done out of an abundance 
of caution. Yeah, good for you, Tesla. Let's just hope people aren't lazy and, you know, try and let the car break for itself. Esteban reportedly eyeing Mercedes's six-cylinder engine. What they use it for is actually really, really rather piquing my curiosity. Nissan Rosberg joins Robert Kubica's management team. And mom, you're going to have to cut that out because that's racing stuff. Hardcore Lamborghini Aventador caught testing on public roads. Porsche Cayenne diesel decision reportedly coming next month. To bring just 100 euros German, G-R-M-N, in the UK, each priced at £26,295, or basically 33 grand for a little Toyota Yaris. That's a lot no matter how you slice the cake, or no matter how you cut the cheese. ABT rolls out new body kits for entire Audi A5 and S5 range. BMW M takes two wheels. Oh, oh no. BMW M basically makes a bike. And it's a special edition, and of course, it's ridiculously overpriced. Production Audi Q8 stays true to the edgy concept. 2018 Volkswagen TR goes on sale in Germany and is priced at 20,390. I don't want to say euros because I don't think that's the currency in Germany, but. Maybe it is. Scooter Romains open to partnerships in low-cost car project. Maybe try it with Fiat, then. And I might as well say this now so I can get this over with. But everyone, you know the Mercedes Project 1 that they've been working on? Yeah, well, it's been revealed. And it's amazing. It's I'd still rather have a Viper ACR. Call me a fanboy all you want. But that, that Viper ACR is what I want. But even still, the Project 1 is incredible. We'll get into the stats later. But Lewis Hamilton says that the Project 1 is going to blow people's minds, supposedly. F1 Engine Wars could force Red Bull to partner with Honda next year. As I've, been, as I've read, Lamborghini Urus will be the fastest SUV around the ring, says someone from Lamborghini. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Now we'll see you all after a word from our sponsors. I have a special announcement to make. You can now go on Amazon.com, type in the search bar, Cody's Car Conundrum, and now you can find all of my new merch. And you can even buy a t-shirt that says, I listen to Cody's Car Conundrum. Yeah, telling people that you listen to such an awesome podcaster like me. That's not any kind of self-promotion at all. <laughs> but yes, all you have to do is go to Amazon.com, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then buy the shirts you want. Hello, we are back. Samsung sets up $300 million fund for autonomous tech. Mercedes wants Europe-wide emissions regulations post-2021. Volkswagen accidentally reveals the 2018 XC40 SUV, and it looks very nice, unsurprisingly. The new Genesis G70i is Germany's big three compact sports sedans and is out, and as someone pointed out on Alpar, the front end is a little busy, but I kind of... I don't know, it's different, and that's kind of why I like it. Front end is a little bit too wide, though, in my eyes. AMG says the GTR Black Series will be all about track performance. Porsche looking at solid-state batteries for, for electric sports cars. Honda Shuttle gets midlife upgrades in Japan. Tesla targeting cities with its revised superchargers. Dozens of Volkswagen and Audi diesels have been stolen for storage, which is a shame. Mercedes product roadmap confirms long wheelbase version of the GLC and A-Class sedan. 2018 Lexus LS getting a price hike and could start at 76 grand, which is a lot. Lamborghini working on a new limited edition model and it's coming up soon. TBR says it will win Le Mans in the future, which I've got some news about TBR about that. And Volkswagen electric flagship concept to debut in Geneva next year. Not to mention 2018, sorry, Mazda CX-8 unveiled with a diesel engine. 
All right, that's TBR news. Well, TBR has finally unveiled their new sports car. It's called the Griffith. Griffith. The Griffith. And it makes 500 horsepower. It uses Gordon, Mur- Gordon, Gordon Murray's... Uh, what is it? Not the nan. I think the nanotubes. Some rep- you know, really cool technology for the chassis, so it weighs less than three thousand pounds. It has five hundred horsepower from a Ford Cosworth tuned V8. It's, it's the business. I'll tell you that much. Volkswagen recalls almost five million vehicles with Takata airbags in China. Just when you thought the saga was over, you get news back. Good grief. BMW aiming to save $2.4 billion annually for EV expansion. Brabus and StarTech combined for a monstrous amount of horsepower at IAA. Opel Imperia E travels 750 kilometers or 466 miles between charges, which is, hey, getting with the program. That is a genuinely good amount of miles. Whether it actually gets that many miles, I have no idea, but that is acceptable to me for an electric car. That is a brilliant amount of miles. New Catrum 7 Super Sprint sells out in 7 hours. Longer range 2017 Volkswagen E-Golf hits the U.S. market from $31,315 before incentives. Lamborghini Supercars will soon become hybrids. Seat's large SUV will be named either Aboran, Aranda, Avila, or Taraco. None of which are good names. Maserati Levante GTS spy testing alongside a BMW X5M. Gorgeous BMW X EXP 12 speed 6E mouthful heading to production as Bentley's first EV in 2019. 2018 Nissan Pathfinder receives minor updates and is priced from $30,790. Ferrari A12 Superfast kicks off its tour in De France in Canes. I think I got that right. Ferrari FXXK Evolute. Evolution, I think I got that right and wrong, looks crazier than you'd ever imagine. I cannot wait to see what it looks like when it's unveiled. Volkswagen reveals it's working on a compact crossover for America. Like the Tiguan isn't enough, or unless it's too big. Porsche needs a technology breakthrough to build a 918 successor. BMW exec says the the Mercedes X-Class is appalling. Appalling. And I don't disagree with them, but that's just me. Musk says Tesla Semi will be unveiled on October 26th. Mercedes to cut costs by $4.8 billion to fund EVs. Next-gen BMW 6 Series Coupe and Cabrio to remain rear-wheel drive. Adding to accept liability in autonomous crashes. Volkswagen teaming up with Amazon Prime for on-demand Atlas test drives. Durheimer says electrification is a priority for Bentley and maybe even Bugatti. Mercedes-Benz to implement advanced three-word nav system, whatever that means. Porsche continues testing pre-production GT2 RS at the Nürburgring. Volkswagen buys Lux Valet service app. Honda Clarity Fev boasts class-leading all-electric range. Mercedes-Maybach bays Frankfurt in opulence. The Mercedes-Maybach G-Class thing is a waste of time. Aeromobile flying car touches down in Frankfurt. And it's kind of a flying car, but honestly, I don't want to fly in a small sports car. That does... I mean, it's good for... Aerodynamically, it's good to use uh, a sports car like that. But I also kind of feel... Not to say that big cars are safer than small cars. That's not always the case. But I'd still kind of feel better with a little bit more metal between me and the ground. I wouldn't feel good either way, but it would it would give me a little bit more crumb of comfort. Not that I'd have much anyway. Every new Honda in Europe to feature electrified tech starting from, uh, now. 
Let's see about this flying car. It, it doesn't look bad. It actually kind of... Oh. Oh. Okay, it's not a sports car as I thought. Or, at the very least, the, image were very de- the images were very deceptive in how sports car-esque they looked. Also, I'd love to point out how the front end kind of reminds me of a, of a McLaren. A little bit. The problem with these flying cars is that they're so... I get why they have to be wide to encompass all the things that you need to fly, but look, the roads out here just got paved, where I am. Okay, they added a bike lane, and that's made the roads even smaller, and cars are getting bigger, we know this. They're not getting heavier, they're just getting bigger. We can't have, you know, if we're getting roads like that, we need cars to be getting smaller, not bigger. And I'm sorry, but this flying car really only makes sense in a city where a flying car can be sustained on the roads, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to park it, it's too long. Parallel park or regular, multi-story, whatever, even a flat parking lot. You're going to need two, maybe even three spaces if you park it horizontally. Well, if you park it horizontally, you're going to need five, I bet you that much. It doesn't look bad. It doesn't look like half the other ones I've seen. It actually looks really good, which you'll be able to see on my blog. It, like I said, it's just not practical. And that that's the problem. It's not practical. Practical. <laughs> I just saw this comment. Technically, you could drive a 747, but that doesn't make it a car. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's get into it. Apparently, built as a high-tech luxury vehicle, the model has been designed to incorporate the best of the automotive and aerospace innovation. As a result, it features a carbon composite exterior, which draws inspiration from modern sports cars and high-performance aircraft. Cough, Lamborghini, Sesto, Elemento, Cough. Boeing 747, cough other cars. On the ground, the model is powered by an electric front-wheel drive system, which gives it a range of, approx- of approximately 700 kilometers or 435 miles, which is eh, not too bad, and a top speed of 160 kilometers an hour or 99 miles an hour. I don't get why they couldn't have hit, you know, 100. What? What? Why couldn't you have just gotten that extra one? Anyway, though. After a three-minute conversion, the Aeromobile is ready for flight where it will be powered by a turbocharged two-liter four-cylinder boxer engine that develops 300 horsepower, or 224 kilowatts. It powers a direct-drive variable pitch propeller and gives the model a range of about 466 miles, or 750 kilometers. On the safety front, the Aeromobile comes equipped with dual-stage airbags and a parachute, which can be not developed, deployed in the event of an emergency. According to Aeromobile Chief Technology Officer Douglas McAndrew, integrating flight and car travel is not simple. But having condensed approximately 60 man-years of research and development into into three, the Aeromobile flying car is designed to meet the current legislative requirements at IAA, we will be able to show how to bring a flying car to market in every in the very near future, working with today's regulatory and transport infrastructure. The company is already accepting pre-orders and production is slated to begin in 2018. There's no word on pricing, but the first deliveries are expected to occur by 2020. Like I said, I mean, we don't even know the dimensions. So I don't know how wide the thing is. I don't know how long it is. But I can tell you just from like, just from these images, length alone is... For parking is going to be a problem. That's going to make it. And in cities, it's going to be a pain to maneuver. That's That much is obvious. The thing about flying cars is, it's not that it's impossible, but we need to make it practical. 
We need to get around whatever the whatever barriers that's holding it back and make it practical for you know they're saying oh you can do it every day and this is for the every day it's not it's too long it's too long it may be too wide looks gonna be deceiving on deceiving on width and images but yeah it's it's just way way too long and at the very least the rear is definitely too wide and imagine trying to reverse the thing that the visibility is I'm gonna say at best trivial the thing about flying cars is they're they're more so pods that fly in the air but aren't helicopters lesser that they're that and not so much cars they they have car-like bodies and they have some car-like functions but they don't or they have some car-like qualities but they don't function enough like a car and they're not as they, i don't think they're practical enough to be a regular vehicle that you know can fly it's not it's not like that it's basically just a private Cessna with a with a car body strapped on top of it. That's that's not what it looks like, but I'm saying that's basically what that's the equivalent to, and that's what this, you know, subsequently is the equivalent to. I mean the wings can fold, which again is great, but I'm telling you it's too wide for public road. Flying cars can can slash eventually will work, but we have to get it we need to get these things down to a point where they can be used on the roads of today. Because the roads of today won't be able to easily fit these things practically. Well, at least not where I live. And unless you have some seven-lane highway, which I-70 is eventually becoming, and, you know, wide roads like in Abu Dhabi, you're not... That's going to be a pain to drive on the road. You might you might as well get yourself a helicopter license and buy a helicopter. I'm sorry, that's more practical. It's going to be a lot more expensive, but you're going to know how to fly anyway. And you're going to need to know how to fly that. And you're gonna have a regular car for when you do your regular duties, and your helicopter for when you're for when you're I don't know flying across the country to a country club that you're a part to a part of. That's gonna be more practical right now than waiting for a flying car, because it's purposeful. Flying cars are trying to be everything to everyone. They're trying to be a car, a helicopter, or whatever, and that's where the problem lies. It's trying to be so many things at once. It's not particularly good at any one thing. It's like a jack of all trades and master of none. That's that's the problem with current flying cars and even current flying car proposals. That's why it doesn't work. Helicopters, on the other on the other hand, are made specifically to fly. It's that simple. So you don't have to have it on the road. So it doesn't really matter what the size of it is. And a car is made specifically on the road. So while size can matter, especially if the kind of car you're getting, you're going to get more practicality of it. It's going to be cheaper to run. It's going to be easier to park. It's going to be so many so many things that the, that flying car isn't. I don't mean to be negative, I'm just trying to be realistic here. And that, it's a good idea. Well, it's kind of pointless in my mind, but... It's it's about the best try that I've seen yet for a flying car. It, it's definitely way beyond all the other ones I've seen. This is the closest one that I've seen yet to being, you know, actually possible. But it's still so much farther from being realistic. Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's practical. For you know the average person, and to be fair, the average person is not going to get a helicopter. But again, if you want a flying car, you're going to have to wait a long while before it's going to be practical to own one on an everyday basis. Really, get just save yourself the trouble. Get yourself a helicopter now. It's going to be exactly the same. Just have your car for when you're driving on the road, and use that helicopter when you're going to use it. Because even in a flying car, you're not going to use the flying mode all the time. You're not going to be sitting in traffic and then, oh, hey, I'm going to fly away. You can't do that. You're going to need a run-up, and that's not going to be safe because then all the wings are going to be going over the cars and you're going to have lifted trucks that might... 
You're going to have to have a runway and a bunch of other stuff. A helicopter, you might as well just get a helicopter. That's the best thing to do right now. If you want something that flies to get somewhere quickly, helicopter or private plane, that's the way to go. Flying cars will be the alternative eventually. But that future, as someone in the comments, as the comments is like, is about 20 years away. And I'm sorry, well, 20 years isn't, it's not a short time, but it's not a long time either. But if you're craving it, save your craving, get a helicopter. That's, again, more practical because it's purposeful. It's made for one thing and one thing, well, generally. Generally speaking, it's made for one thing and one thing only. So it's not going to be a compromise, which is what a flying car is. A flying car compromises A, B, C, and D to fly, but also work like a car. By just getting one of both, a car and a helicopter, you're not compromising. Getting the best, depending on the car, of both and depending on the helicopter. Rant, uh, rant over. Sorry about that. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. And I'll see you all after a word from our sponsors. I have a special announcement to make. You can now go on Amazon.com, type in the search bar, Cody's Car Conundrum, and now you can find all of my new merch. And you can even buy a t-shirt that says, I listen to Cody's Car Conundrum. Yeah, telling people that you listen to such an awesome podcaster like me. That's not any kind of self-promotion at all. <laughs> but yes, all you have to do is go to Amazon.com, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then buy the shirts you want. Hello, 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 and we are back. And I kind of forgot to get into the Volkswagen Recall because I was ranting. Something I should be known for on this thing, on this podcast. Volkswagen is taking a blow in the world's largest car market, China, as it has to recall 4.9 million vehicles equipped with the potentially faulty Takata front airbags. In a short statement released on Thursday, the German automaker said that the action covers vehicles made locally by FAW VW, SAIC VW, and FAW Audi, as well as imported cars from the Audi, from the VW Audi, Seat, and Skoda brands. By taking this action, the companies are responding to an advice from the Chinese safety authority. To date, there has been no no known case of a defective Takata airbag, front airbag, in any Volkswagen Group vehicle anywhere in the world, says Volkswagen. Yeah, but we all know how Dieselgate went down. <laughs> Good grief. That, that didn't go well. I mean, it never was, but yeah, that went downhill fast. Quoting the Chinese general... Ad- Administration of Quality Supervision, Inspection, and Quarantine, AQSIQ, that's even abbreviated. It still doesn't help. It still feels long. Reuters reports that the recall will begin next March and will run into 2019. Gosh. Further details on the safety campaign have yet to be announced, but this is another big hit for Volkswagen, which delivered almost 4 million new cars in the People's Republic last year, a 12.2% increase on 2015. The number makes it the largest foreign car maker in the Asian country. It's believed that more than 20 million vehicles sold locally are equipped with the dangerous Takata airbags, which are responsible for at least 16 deaths and 180 injuries worldwide. And I might as well not even state that because we all know that by now. I stated it at least three times, maybe two times before in previous podcasts from similar recalls. New Audi A8 looks even better in person. Cupra to to become Seat's official performance sub-brand. Mercedes-AMG G63 and G65 exclusive editions take a backseat in Frankfurt. Daimler-backed Volocopter surprises at Frankfurt. Euro-spec 2018 Honda CRV joins team hybrid after ditching diesel. Brabus Convoy restored classics might be Frankfurt's most expensive lineup. Mercedes signs Valtteri Bottas for another season. Skoda Korak 
Korak has a fully customizable digital instrument cluster. Europe's 2018 Ford Mustang comes with more V8 power, but a downgraded Ford Pod engine. Nissan confirms the dawn of a of a brand new frontier. Oh, oh, I see. Bugatti Chiron arrives in Frankfurt to brag about its new world record, which we'll be getting into soon. Has the new Sangyon Rexon earned your respect yet? Not quite for me. Honda's new Civic Diesel wants some attention too in Frankfurt. Skoda inches closer to autonomous driving with the updated Vision E. Face with the Honda Jazz at 128 horsepower dynamic version because why not? Japan's Aspark Owl, 1,000 horsepower electric supercar, turns heads in Germany. Opel Insignia Country Tour rides high into Frankfurt. XIM 18 concept is Yan Feng's idea of what a self-driving car's cabin should look like. 2018 Ford EcoSport tries to pass as a new subcompact SUV. Updated Lexus CT200H quietly blends in with the Frankfurt crowd. Toyota Europe boss, more powerful and sporty hybrids are coming next year. Updated Kia Sorento arrives in Frankfurt for its public debut. Face with the Lexus NH and X, sorry, 300H, is a more refined, compact SUV. Thunder Power SUV concept blocks line between novelty and luxury. BMW i3S flashes its minuscule upgrades. By the way, they upgraded the BMW i3 and now has the i3S with more power. Might have talked about that in the podcast. Suppliers worried about potential EPA rollback. Aston Martin's beautiful 2019 Vantage hits the track. Kia Proceed concept is sensitive to changing light conditions. Borg Ward creates the Isabella of the 21st century. It's, it's an old car. It's a car that they created a little while ago. Kind of looks like the, uh, whatever that new electric car is that the Fisker guy is making. From the VLF brand? No, no, not VLF. Either way, it looks a little bit like that. Ford Potofino is stiffer, lighter, and, as this article says, altogether better than California tea. Whether it actually is has yet to be seen. GM almost ready to build a mass production self-driving car. Mercedes-AMG Project One, the king, has arrived with over 1,000 horsepower. More tech than NASA's next space rocket. Renault Symbios, you might as well call it the symbiotic concept at that rate. A car that becomes one with your house, apparently. Limited edition Audi R8 V10 RWS, or basically it's a rear-wheel drive Audi R8. It's like the Five, the Lamborghini Huracan 582, but for the Audi R8, it's made for purists, obviously. Mysterious Lexus RCS5, is it a new performance variant? I kind of hope it is. BMW 8 Series concept brings sinister silhouette to IAA. VWID Cross 2 to morph into a production electric compact SUV in 2020. Many sees an electric Cooper future in its crystal ball. Is BMW's new all-wheel drive M5 good enough to take on the Mercedes E63? Only time will tell. Let's see. Looking at the Isabella. From, uh, I, can't, I can't think of the name of it, but I can see what it looks like. I'm telling you, I can see what it looks like so easily. It's their new electric car. Might as well go figure it out while I'm at it. Also, can any of you believe it's already the ninth month of the year? About a week ago, I was going through my program files, and I saw something from, the, from February. And I was like... Wait, what? It's already the ninth. Where did you know? Where did the time go? Where did where did the second where did the second month of the year go? Oh, emotion. That's the office. Wow, we still going. It looks to me a lot like the Fisker emotion. That's what the Borg word, Borg word. Sorry, Isabella thing looks like. 
it looks a lot like the Fisker E-Motion. A lot like the Fisker E-Motion. Wow. That's some resemblance. That is some resemblance. I'm telling you, though. They are very... They look very similar to me. Toyota shows 2018 Land Cruiser Prado's new face in Frankfurt. 2018 Audi RS4 event has, has 450 horses and does 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in 4.1 seconds. And it also uses a twin turbo V6 to get said horsepower. Way XEV concept arrives in Frankfurt looking like a Chinese Model X. BMW hatches a new 6 series in Frankfurt. New Porsche Cayenne Turbo arrives in Frankfurt with mind-blowing performance. Even though the Jeep Trackhawk has mind-blowing performance as well. Not to sound like a Mopar fanboy, but still. Honda's urban EV concept borrows from the past, yet looks to the future. Next generation of Dacia's budget-friendly Duster SUV is here. Four-door Opel Insignia GSI looking mighty good in Frankfurt. Lamborghini starts countdown to Urus debut on December 4th. New 178-mile-per-hour Alpina D5S is the fastest diesel on the planet. Sherry's Tigo Coupe EV concept is a good-looking SUV study. Volkswagen updates Cedric RoboTaxi concept has plans for an entire family of models. New manual-only Porsche 911 GT3 Touring Package offers more for free, which is it's basically a 911R. I mean, genuinely, that's essentially what it is. Volkswagen T-Rock puts on sporty R-Line. It's not, well, ensembles with an O, not an E, but either way, sporty. Volkswagen T-Rock puts on sporty R-Line ensemble for Frankfurt. BMW shark-nosed Z4 Roadster concept. A beauty or a beast? And is being a beast a bad thing? I don't think it's a necessarily bad thing. AI18 conceptualizes the future interior of autonomous vehicles. Mini gets fast and furious with new JCW GP concept. Audi Elaine concept picks up where the e-tron swerpback left off. Lamborghini Aventador S pops, pops its top in Frankfurt. BMW M8 GTE racer rocks Frankfurt before the road car's even ready. BMW X7 iPerformance study plugs into the heart of Frankfurt show. Mercedes-Benz concept EK, no, EQA is like an electric VW Scirocco, but with the Mercedes, with Mercedes styling on it. Mercedes Maybach 6 Cabriolet has dropped anchor at the Frankfurt dock. New Gin and Stonic subcompact SUV is the most customi- customizable Kia ever. AICON concept is Audi's future vision of an autonomous sports sedan. Can Hyundai's new i30N with up to 275 horsepower lure you away from Volkswagen's Golf GTI? Sherry launches new X XE, no C potentially. Brand for Europe. First model will be called the TX. Maserati hits Frankfurt with full revised lineup. 2018 Renault began RS breaks cover with Alpine A110's engine with very nearly 300 horsepower. Bentley Continental GT makes for a grand appearance in Frankfurt. Honda's new i30 Fastback is anything but fast, but everything. Actually, no, I couldn't think of anything clever. Either way, it looks awesome. BMW iVision Dynamics previews Tesla Model 3 rival. Taiwan's Thunder Power unveils EV range along with new SUV concept. The electrified London taxi is heading to Germany. Limited edition Seat Leon Cooper R marks its public premiere in Frankfurt. New Suzuki Swift Sport packs 1.4 liter turbo and weighs less than a ton. And man, I wish we could get that here. That would be so awesome to have that here, the Swift. 
New Grandland X to become Opel's first plug-in hybrid model. Jaguar details I-Pace race car built by JLR's SVO division. Toyota Urus Touring Sports Freestyle. Sports Freestyle gets the rugged treatment? Whatever. Mercedes-Benz S560e plug-in hybrid sips fuel like a Prius. Toyota Yaris German boasts 209 horsepower, 6.3 seconds to 60, and a 30,000 insert currency here sticker. Mercedes GLC F-Cell is the first plug-in road car with a hydrogen fuel cell. And I thought that was the FCX Clarity from Honda. Smart for 2 and Smart for 4 get minor tech updates in Frankfurt. Subaru's all-new impressive debuts in full in Germany. Halix goes to show Toyota truck is still invincible after 50 years. Mercedes to offer electrified versions of, its, of all of its cars by 2022. Bugatti Chiron rockets to 400 kilometers an hour in 32.6 seconds. Volkswagen Vario Sport to replace Golf SVN Touran. FBI investigating Uber over software to track Lyft drivers. I know the saying, you know, keep your friends closer and your enemies closer, but come on. 2018 Lexus NX300H facelift enjoys price cut despite new tech. Land Rover Discovery SVX bows with a supercharged V8 developing 525 horsepower. Jaguar I-Pace e-trophy races online ahead of its Frankfurt debut. New TBR Griffith looks even better in the flesh. I'm not completely sold on the front end, but I do like the proportions and the rest of the car. Toyota's 2018 RAV4 Adventure starts from $28,695, I think, dollars. And you know what? I managed to get through all of Frankfurt. So in one part, which means there won't be a part two. Thank you guys for listening. And man, I was spitballing. That was awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed and I will see you all on Willow Wednesday. Thanks for listening. You have just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash C slash Viper for Life ACR. Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye until next time.